0: Welcome to this episode of Comics Deserve Editor. Before we jump into things, I would just like to say, if you support Mitch McConnell, if you support the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, please stop listening to this show. With that it's over, good. welcome to this amazing show. Um, the only the turtles A, that you
1: should like are the Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> with me today are. I'm surprised I didn't use any profanity in that sentence. I'm just yes. trying to, I'm just trying to use it nicest, nice way possible you. to. Um, just let you know. Uh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, with me today are my co-hosts, Brian. Hi, everyone. And Darcy.
2: Hi.
0: Yeah, I just, I just, I had to get that out of the way. Just lots of rage. Um,
2: so everyone who doesn't know, we record on Monday and we just got the news about Amy County Barrett. So that's where mm-hmm. this is coming from.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's a good, good context. Okay. So yeah, so Um, But luckily, there was some good comics news this week, and I would like to lead things off myself with um, this weekend, the Ringo Awards were um, announced. So the Ringo Awards are a comics award. They're usually announced at Baltimore Comic-Con. They're named after the great, late, great artist Michael Ringo. You may be familiar with his work on The Flash and Fantastic Four. He was just a great artist, great human being. Now there's awards named after him. And I would just like to um, – it was also – awards were sponsored by a lot of indie comic companies like Source Point Press, who we talked about last week, Tapas, Bad Idea, Boom Studios, and Tunes. So um, and I would just like to um, kind of read out all of the uh, winners. Just give them, give them their time in the sun. So the winner of Best Colorist was Jordi Belair. Best Cover Artist was Sana Takeda. The Best Original Graphic Novel was Snow Glass Apples from Dark Horse Comics. It's a Neil Gaiman, Colleen Duran comic. And then the best presentation and design, uh, very well-earned, was Usagi Yojimbo, The Complete Grass Cutter, Artist Select by Stan Sakai. Best letterer, Nate Piekos, Uh, and just quick sidebar, if you want to get into comics lettering, uh, Nate Piekos has a lot of free, awesome fonts uh, through his website, Blambot, so check that out. Best inker, Sandra Hope. Best webcomic, Fried Rice by Erica Ng.
2: Best comic strip,
0: Mm -hmm. or panel. Nancy by Olivia James. Honestly, Nancy should win all the awards. The Nancy Awards. awards. We have to do we need to do an episode about it too. Uh, We kind of do. It's just Mm -hmm. it's just kind of, I mean, it's like a it updates every day, so it's a little (laughs) but yeah. Okay. And then the Mike Waringo Spirit Award goes to Superman Smashes a
1: Clan.
2: Yay!
1: If you're gonna read a Big Two comic, that's the one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I still haven't read it. I need to read it before the end of the year.
2: And listen to the radio serial it's based on. It's fantastic. And read my article on it.
0: Yay, self-promotion. Best (laughs) Anthology goes to Jim Henson's The Storyteller's Sirens. Best Kids Comic or Graphic Novel goes to Guts from Graphic Scholastic. Best Humor Comic, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen.
1: You're going to read another DC comic. (laughs) That's the one.
0: (laughs) Best Writer, Mariko Tamaki, who we discussed her book uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me Uh uh, Mm -hmm. episodes ago so yeah and then best nonfiction comic work they call this enemy Uh, best artist or penciler Sanford Green best series Bitter Root so that's kind of like two for one Mm -hmm. Uh, best single issue or story Usagi Ojimbo number six Usagi Ojimbo is cleaning up it's fantastic writer artist was Stan Sakai and there's also some fan awards and I wanted to point one of them out favorite new series Fangs by Sarah Anderson we mentioned that on one of our first um, podcasts and you can actually buy it a physical copy of it with like new strips and behind the scenes stuff
1: the physical copy is awesome it's like an old gothic red cover and it's it's beautiful it's Ooh. it's definitely worth buying Shoot. i might be doing some more impulse purchasing after this <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm i am aiming at your wallets I hey, apologize. Man, it's october i mean Trying it's to get it's my gosh
2: probably on. a good october buy yeah
0: and honestly yep. it, it just and you know as we um no it also follows the theme of our podcast because we're gonna be talking about um, these the savage short I, I missed it in the lead up but we're gonna be talking about these savage shores so mm-hmm. good stuff um brian do you have any news
1: for us um yeah let me pull up my my little news here um just uh there's a kickstarter uh elsa chartier um i hope i'm saying that right Uh, she has her second um, second art book that's coming out that she's trying to get uh, um, some donations and or some backers on and um, one of the the things that is going to be featured in this art book is um, actually some prose I guess that might be the best word to describe it um, by Matt Fraction it's basically how to write a comic by Matt Fraction the legendary that fraction so <laughs> it'd be kind of very interesting to see and hear what how what his process is and and also also chartier's artwork is amazing so it right there alone is definitely worth getting so um if it's at the 75 five dollar backer mark um he's going to um it's going to also include uh, a november commentary edition which is that's that's where the how to write comics is going to be
0: it's, well, that's,
1: that's a one hell of an incentive. And November is one of those books that's been under my radar this entire time, but every time I read about it, it sounds fantastic. And so I, one of these days.
2: Yeah, it's been kind of on mine too. Like it's been one of those things that's been on my looking forward. It's like looking forward, what do I want? Number two, number two. I've almost mentioned it a couple of times and then have had something come up m- more for it. So yeah, it's it's. I really have been interested in it, and then just kind of not pull the plug on it. Pull the plug. That's the opposite of what I should be doing. That's killing something. <laughs> but what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? Pull, pull the, the trigger. Pull Dropped the trigger. It. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because I, like, I think like killing, three... killing it. Killing it. No, that's wrong.
0: because yeah. <laughs> it's in that it's in that no that kind of um novella format that like mm. Ed Baker and Sean Phillips are doing and nice and it you know has that roots in the the European. Uh, graphic album, so it's it's like just really attractive and I think I think there's like three three of them out now, because mm. um, it seems like yesterday. Like I was listening to a another podcast interview with Matt Fraction, and he was talking about like Volume One. <laughs> That's how weird time goes, but it's cool. I mean, yeah, Chretier, I like she's amazing. Um, she did that book Infinite Loop a long time ago for IDW, and done some stuff for DC. I think she's like like the the heir of uh, Darwin Cook for sure. So yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So okay. I'm like I, I definitely want to see that collaboration. Cool. Um that's some that's some good news. And Brian, you had another piece of news?
1: Um yeah, um I mean, collaborations uh, are all over the place here. Um Crimson Flower has been announced by Dark Horse comics um with writer matt kent everyone, you know one of our favorites um artists uh, matt uh, lezanowski and colorist bill crabtree um and each issue in the series will feature a guest artist or collaboration with um malachi ward patrick reynolds and lee Luffridge, um marguerite savage and tyler bence and bill Cra- crabtree so those are all pretty Nice names to to hear. Um, even though I did, I think I accidentally mispronounced Marguerite Sauvage's name. Oh, yeah, she's a first time. But um, it's essentially going to be um, about um, it's it's about a woman who finds comfort in Slavic folk tales after the loss of her family and is inspired to seek vengeance against the man responsible for their deaths. So, good old vengeance tale. Um, and I think you know Eastern European folktales don't get a lot of uh, love so that sounds pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I like folktales, I like vengeance. I'm here for
0: it. <laughs> right. I mean, shout I mean honestly shout I mean shout out to shout out to the Witcher, shout out to the fantasy novels of Evil. but yeah, I mean yeah. they they are really interesting like the monsters and stuff and um and it's and I mean I mean I'm like my Celtic Western European heritage, so it's kind of it's just like a experience it's a little out of my my wheelhouse, so it's kind of kind of cool to read about that. So yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that. And let's see, I I think we just had one more quick one. Um, so, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about Michel Fife's Copra, and he just announced also on Instagram <laughs> that uh, Copra's single issues are going back to its original numbering and back also back to self-publishing. So they're not going to be published. The single issues aren't through Image anymore. You can get them through Michel Fife's Etsy page and you can also uh, order them from your local comic book store so they're kind of going back to its roots
2: but, but the trades are still going to be
0: yep yeah, the trades are still through image but the singles are through just self-published copra press so oh cool. all right yeah and yeah it's kind of cool um, it's like because we're just talking about you know self-published stuff and you know mm-hmm. back yeah, to totally
2: absolutely
0: yeah cool all right and that is going to be wrap up our news segment so we're going to move on to quick hit so brian what is your quick hit this week
1: okay i know um i've brought it up a couple times in previous episodes but uh i did get my copy of dracula motherfucker nice. um la- last week and it was a instantaneous read for me <laughs> i had basically got it that night i read it and um And it's fantastic. Erica Henderson, who is a wonderful artist, surpasses herself in this book. It's insane how good her art looks and how different. You you can see Erica Henderson in it, but it's not Skrull Girl and it's it 's not even assassination it 's this is something completely different and that 's amazing and She does mention in the afterwards that she kind of went with a different style of um, a page layout where instead of going frame by frame, she basically designed the page um, at a time and then kind of wrote in the action and and, and uh, the, the the specifics to to what the the that full page would look like and then um also and then alex de campi is always great to to read and i actually have part of her afterwards at the beginning of it that kind of um is one of the reasons why i love it before i before i read this really quick i just um dracula in this you know like normally you see dracula as a kind of a, of a good looking you know handsome guy that's like luring you know you know innocence to their demise this book um dracula is a almost an amorphous monster with multiple eyes and and like about eight or ten mouths whoa And, and 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 whenever dracula is talking in this it's not in a word bubble it's like it's like just like a like kind of speech like like text in the actual panel so it's like he's like he's like he's all over the place essentially and that and so but what i wanted to read was basically she um alex de campy writes that the petty hill that i will die on is that dracula should never be handsome oh it's easier if he's pretty than it's love those poor maids who are his victims take one look at his face and can't believe something so evil could look so nice it's like making your hero a lone wolf or killing his family to justify his vengeance it makes the storytelling easier building your tales on the back of lovelorn dead women but i'm not in the business of ease so that's that was the beginning of her afterward which definitely explains how awesome this comic is yeah
0: wow yeah she's she's great um the campy um she's like i don't know even the she did what archie versus predator and then the josie and the pussycats like space alien thing mm-hmm. um she's just is so good at just like Just fucking with the genre and expectations and yeah she's she's and then yeah she had this series for dark horse called like called grindhouse so she's like just i saw that i'm like man this is like the perfect series for her definitely want to check it out um for sure
1: it's pretty awesome definitely recommend yeah
0: cool uh darcy what was your quick hit for this week
2: uh, sticking with vampires, I suppose, uh, I'm doing another Shuzo Oshimi manga, um, so following forward with last week's uh, creator, uh, I want to talk about Happiness. Happiness is a manga, it's older, it's completed, um, and it's about a young boy who is attacked in the street by a vampire named Nora. Nora. And he, the vampire lore in this is not necessarily like Western vampire lore. It's not completely different. It has some similarities. There's some sun allergy, but not complete sun allergy. Has to feed, but isn't completely desperate. Like he doesn't have to get tons of blood. Uh, Immortality is almost like complete immortality like trying to kill one of these vampires is nearly impossible like you can come back from nearly anything um but like uh blood on the tracks uh it's mainly a psychological horror what's different from blood on the tracks to this is that there is gore it's a vampire book so blood is definitely an issue killing physically is definitely an issue Uh, so this boy is physically attacked by nora he is a child uh, compared to me <laughs> uh, i'm 35 he's in high school so for some people he's maybe not as childlike for me he definitely is and you also get that exploration of sexuality and sexuality as horror um but maybe not as creepily as blood on the tracks uh, and the whole thing is just the first half the exploration of vampirism in somebody who doesn't expect it and isn't uh, taken care of properly. This little boy is a vampire, doesn't really know what he is and he's set loose in a high school and doesn't kind of understand that he's a vampire. What the heck's gonna happen with him? What the heck's gonna happen with his friends? How does that work out? doesn't work out so well. Then you get a bit of a time skip about halfway through Uh, where he kind of vanishes from high school and it follows one of his friends and she becomes an adult and she kind of wonders what happens to him and she every once in a while will kind of like try to find out what happened to him and another kind of vampire friend of theirs and then she kind of finds out she kind of gets this lead and so the vampire friend comes back and obviously he's still a child he's not he's grown up too but he's still a child and they kind of get back into that world and there's gore and their psychological horror again the trigger warnings i'd say that are here are obviously some crazy creepy sexuality stuff again consensual between the two people it takes place with but they are in high school so if that creeps you out that's there um there's obviously gore that takes place here lots of it because it is vampire gore Uh, and there's just some creepy psychological stuff that is violent and awful because it's children being hurt viciously Uh, but it is very horrific and very fun because it's vampires, so it's really quite exciting the art again is great but it's creepy in the way that Shizu Oshimi is with those big smiles and those very defined teeth that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, no, the always in like fiction. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of an Interview with a Vampire with a character Claudia who's played by Kirsten Dunst in the, the film.
2: Mm, the whole yeah. the whole
0: concept of the child vampire always creeping out and always yes, it was just sad. Like like you know it immortality. Is. You know on a surface level can be cool. Maybe it is. We'll talk about that later. Actually, in the podcast. Um, yes. But but being stuck as a, a child, like when you're hundreds of years old, like really really sucks and. Yes. Um, I think another story that explored that was uh, was Black Hammer with uh, Golden Gale, a mm-hmm. less horror way, more superhero. But yeah, that's that's cool. They they explored that. Um,
2: and there's a good. I think one of the good things here. That I really liked about it is like Nora, his creator, is super old and she's like completely lost her humanity. You've got like another vampire who's mid-range who like maybe still has a little bit, and you have Ozaki who's just turned, so he still has his humanity and he's trying to like uh, keep that and translate that to his people and. There's that levels of humanity and that's interesting trying to insert humanity into this horror space. I really, really liked and that's kind of the psychological elements of it. It was good. Also, there's a cult in the middle of that. Cool.
0: So I actually this this week of my quick ed, I decided to get in on the fun with the horror books and my pick this week is Edgar Allan Poe's Snifter of Blood number one from Ahoy Comics. And what, what this comic is, it's it's a, and the creators on this book are, the first story is by Paul Cornell and Russ Braun, and the second story is by Dean Motter, who you may know from his work on Mr. X. He's like a old school, like expressionist, cartoonist kind of guy, uh, Canadian. Um, and yeah, so what this book is, it's pretty much, it's like a horror anthology, hosted by, and it has like a horror host, and the horror host is, uh, and he created Edgar Allan Poe, hence, you know, sniff, Snifter or whatever. Um, and also, like, so the first story is called Black Dog. It's a, it's an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cat, but with a dog, and it's pretty, it's a pretty messed up story. Uh, Cornell tells the story from the dog's point of view, so it really like, just messes with your mind, and you're just experiencing all this like hardships through the dog, and then Russ Braun's art is just like straight up, kind of, not like stiff, photorealistic, but straight up. It's not like stylized at all. It's just like straight up art I mean there's some stuff like with the hanging and stuff that he does more blacks and more atmospheric stuff but he basically just like straightforward just tells it and it makes it that much more you know psychologically messed up and yeah so it's, it's really good like a really good adaptation um, and yeah, then the second I, oh go ahead
2: oh sorry the, the black hat's one of my favorite Edgar Allen Poe stories it's one I gave to my students a lot when I was teaching literature Or my students gave to me uh, during projects, and yeah, it's a pretty fucked up story. Makes me cry a lot because I love cats, so almost glad it's done with the dog, so I don't have to see hanging cats.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and the thing is, I'm more of a dog person, so it, woo, it it hit me like way too. I
2: bet, yeah, especially with realistic art.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Restaurant. I mean, I don't. I think i've mostly see him you know work on like books of like garth Ennis, like war books and i think he did a few arcs of the boys but him on a horror book was like cool like he's he's really good yeah, yeah. they get really good talent like ahoy like gets really good talent for these books and then yeah then the second story dean modern it's it's um it's more um i don't know it's more of a kind of twisted short story kind of thing uh than then straight up horror it's about um One of Edgar and Poe's friends, who's this paleontologist who's discovered the bones of a giant in uh, a valley uh, somewhere in the American West, and he's under a lot of pressure from like fundamentalist Christians in the 19th century who think like dinosaurs don't exist, like that they're just dragons and stuff. So there's a lot of there's like some great like there's some some jabs at like Christian fundamentalism, and then also like towards the end, P.T. Barnum makes an appearance. So there you kind of get like. It's it's awesome. You get like both sides of this. You get the the Christian fundamentalism on one side, and then you get the total like bankrupt capitalism on the other side. I mean, it's honestly like our our times now, but with more dinosaurs. And it's cool. <laughs> and, and then at the end, it gets he like um, lots of more moral dilemmas and stuff. And then yeah, just Dean Motter, has he's a really good artist. He he does the cool thing with the where the characters have the like the, uh, the the glasses that like reflect the world around them. And he just he he has really cool compositions and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's good. And there's also like most of the Hoy books, there's also like prose books, to prose stuff too. And also Edgar Allan Poe being drunk and making jokes. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really cool. And the thing is, like, I, I there's uh, two volumes in the series and I actually had not checked them out because one of them said like season two. So I thought I had to w- read the first season and know what's going on. But honestly, it's just like it's an anthology series. So you can just go in straight and pick up any issue and you're good so it's cool like and I really like Ahoy as a publisher I feel like they don't get enough love but they're they're really they do really smart smart books in different genres and I guess horror as well so definitely which if you're and especially if you're Edgar Allan Poe fan like totally check this out
2: <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome
1: yeah absolutely it sounds like a lot of fun
0: yeah because it because I heard really, like because uh, I got an email about it and I'm like I'm like and I thought like oh is this just a continuation of like season two and then they're like nope this is just anthologies and they like laid out like the creators they laid out the stories kind of story backgrounds and I'm like let's check it out and it was really good so definitely recommend it um, for sure. I was maybe I was going to do Tank Girl but I'm like this is one I like feel comfortable recommending to most people even nice. like people don't even read comics like, like if you like those Simpsons you know greenhouse of horror episodes like pick up this comic it's great.
1: I was gonna. I was gonna uh, um, actually ask if that was similar to those, and you just answered my question. For sure, um,
0: yeah, like the early ones, especially. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah For sure, there's definitely a comparison. And then, I, and really good. They get really good. like Jill Thompson did the cover. They get really good talent on the books too. So, it's,
1: I am a Poe fan, but I've regrettably never read Black Cat before. So, I'm gonna have to check out the 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 story first, and then check out this comic.
0: Yeah, I mean Edgar Allan Poe has so many so many books like yeah so many short stories so many novels so many every nonfiction. like it I don't blame you at all I mean if you've read every Edgar Allan Poe book like yeah. professor or something <laughs>
1: you
0: know? I'm just saying or really fucked up in the head thank you yeah oh. well oh, have you read all of his books I think so that's awesome something,
2: something pretty close to it
0: that's cool that's that's actually really impressed I'm actually very impressed um, yeah
1: that's that is pretty cool
0: um audience members, please give, please give Darcy a round of applause. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cool. So yeah. So kind of in keeping in this kind of like, eh, I don't know, classic literature mode. uh, We're going to have our main course. So our main course this week is these Savage Shores. It was published by Vault back in 2019. It was written by Ram V art uh, art by Sumit Kumar colors by Vittorio Estone, and letters by Aditya Bidikar. And this was Brian's pick. So, Brian, do you want to introduce these savage shores and kind of give our audience a little bit, a few reasons why you wanted to, you know, do it for the podcast?
1: Sure. Um, So, it's, this is a historical and horror comic all in one. And um, essentially the, um, you know, English colonialism, especially during the 1700s and 1800s, is a, a horror story in itself. But this one adds vampires and uh, kind of Um and and essentially it's this it's a story that kind of misdirects a lot, as as well as just kind of tells a, a a wonderful like continuing story and. And this, even though it does have a lot of supernatural elements to it, it it also at the same time feels very real, feels very nonfiction, you know. But, you know, aside from the vampires and and weird creatures and stuff, and so it's just it's a great combination of of just of two different genres, as well as the art is. In my opinion just amazing it has Definitely that kind of historical You know like like 19th century or 18th century Feel like to it um, Like you're supposed to like basically It feels like you're reading something that's educational You know um, the, With the art style but at, at the Same time it's just very vibrant And the colors are just wonderful um, I'm I, I, I Definitely notice lettering But um, but this one makes me like absolutely amazed how much a letterer can change the style of a story because there's, you know, it's the 1700s. So there's letters that are being written um, through, throughout the, the, the story and every letter that's written, is written in a different style of a font. And a different style of handwriting, essentially, and it kind of gives the personality and and the and you know like the who the character is through through the style of the font that is being used. So, right there, that's pretty amazing. I think the this letter won the the Eisner this year. This came out. Oh, Obedkar. Yeah, I
0: mean he he should. But yeah,
1: but I yeah, if he didn't, yeah, he he definitely should have. So. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, no, no, he, he, he did an amazing job. Like just the font lets you know something about the character and their personality and yeah. And so this is also um, kind of, it's in a it's epistolary comic. So it's like, it's like Dracula, like Dracula is an epistolary novel and okay. a lot. So it's, it's a lot, it's like that, but it's not, but it's told from um, the point of view, an, an Indian point of view, both in the creative team and the POV, the POV characters sometimes, it, it switches perspectives a lot, which I like a lot. You get this full kind of almost journalistic portrayal of this this world in 18th 18th century um, south like southern India. Um, so it's it's really cool. It's like really really rich and um, and Ran, Ranby does like he there's a lot of uh, you know narrative captions, but instead of you know kind of describing what's on the page, he he adds context to the characters and setting and just lets um, especially like in the action scenes and just lets um, Kumar kind of do the heavy lifting. Really, they're like a really great creative team. And I mean, they're, I'm kind of like ride or die with them right now. So uh, yeah, uh, Darcy, what did you think about these Savage Shorts?
2: Um, I liked it a lot uh, as far as like, I think the thing that for me stood out the most was kind of like the colors and the paneling, uh, which I guess maybe I don't know if that's what should have stood out the most maybe it shouldn't have but uh, the colors were just really gorgeous kind of like the contrast between the purples and the blues and the oranges and the yellows and the browns were really well used um just i kind of would stop sometimes at a page and just kind of look at it uh, and it wasn't even the characters or the action that was happening on the page it just was just a really beautiful color to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. Just used really, really well, just gorgeous to look at. Uh, and I thought it was laid out really well. Just The way each page moved into another page was really, it was really quite well paced. Page by page, uh, there was kind of a part in the middle where I kind of got bored. I think it maybe would have read better issue to issue, like the tension would have done better issue to issue than reading it all at once. I kind of just sat down and read straight through. Uh, but as like as pacing by each page, the paneling was just so interesting. I thought laid out uh, as far as the story goes, I thought it was great. I thought i i'm i'm not sure i've ever really read anything like it as far as uh, a horror comic as far as like monster comics before like I, vampire comics in india vampire stories in india i'm not sure i've read anything like that i've, I've read some monster story set in India and I I just I've not really read anything like that so I thought the whole setting the whole story I thought it was interesting very well done the characters were great Uh, the romance section was really interesting felt compelling uh, felt really earned and honest and uh, tragic there at the end Uh, the father-son relationship was Uh, Between both sets of fathers and sons, uh, or all three almost, the vampire father and the vampire son, were really, really, um, uh, I, I can't really say... I didn't really understand them from a personal point of view I'm not a father or a son um, but you felt for them Uh, and they were very meaningful they were very meaningfully written and they were very meaningfully presented and I just really liked the way the characters were with one another and so uh, for me I think the thing that stood out the most which is I don't know, kind of shallow. I, it was a very pretty book to look at, uh, oh, but sure. the whole thing as a uh, project was very well done and very well presented. Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah, I, no. This... I don't
2: know that it was very scary. It didn't scare no. me at any point, <laughs> but it, it, but it was very fun to read.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a scary, a very scary book, but it was definitely, it's definitely just a, a beautiful story. Yeah, and yes. I'm I'm very happy that um that both of you guys like the choice I made. This is just... Oh hell yeah, dude, dude! This
0: is like my <laughs> this is official. This is my go-to. Like someone's like, what's good from Vault? Like this is my go-to. Like <laughs> I'll, almost almost like pervy. I'll say I'll say Money Shot, but um, that was good, good like, too. Though this is my these Savage Shores is my go-to. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's this, this and the thing I like and love about this book so much, and like, I mean I read it you know like yesterday, and i like kind of want to go back and read. It just works on a bunch of levels. I mean. And I think Darcy touched on this. It works on a love story level between uh, Bishan, who is this kind of immortal demon uh, figure who transforms into this really mm. cool horn, like beast shape. Um, just really fucking good design uh, in general. Yeah. And Kumar does these wonderful, he's a crazy splash, like painted splash pages with him. When it's he's extremely
1: like, heavy metal.
0: And full like. monster mode, yeah. which um, he works in a lot of different modes, which is nice too. And then, but then it's also like, yeah, it's, it's a political drama. It's, there are these two kingdoms in, in India, um, Southern India that they're dealing with, um, the East India company moving in and trying to deal with, you know, rivalries in the past and, you know, trying, are they, are they going to, you know, let, let the East India company build this port? Are they going to let them build this trade route? Do they trust, you know, these, these colonizers? <laughs> they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. uh and just, and just, and but like, and it's, and it was kind of like, you know, unfamiliar. I, I knew a little bit about some of this stuff, but mostly later stuff, like, you know, like Gandhi and like the independence movement. But this is like in the 18th century, where, you know, India is like, it's a bunch of different, you know, countries with different religions, different cultures. And you can see that through the art, through the details in the art, and um, see the differences between, um, I think, uh, Mysore and, uh, Vikram Pura just it's really cool um, oh. and yeah and then there's like and, and it just and Brian was talking about really there's a lot of misdirection like it it, it sets up like the POV characters is like vampire and then you think oh it's gonna be about a vampire in India but then he gets killed off and then you think it's gonna be about a vampire hunter and then you can think it's gonna be about but it's all I mean it's all about Bashan I mean he's he's the guy he's he's the man and I really felt bad for him and
1: yeah. yeah i mean you're you're right each issue almost has like a, a character that you're led to believe is the main character and most of the time it's it's a white character and and then but it's it's always Bashan and cory and the um the young the young raja um story this entire time no matter what yeah. happens oh yeah yeah
0: no and and it's so cool and i mean it even goes into deeper philosophical stuff like Free will versus choice, like, <laughs> um, like where you where at first you think, oh, like you know maybe, cause you, yeah, cause like the whole vampire and you know Western vampire is like it's a curse, like it's it's most of the time you don't choose to become a vampire. It's you know you're you're walking down the street and you know Dracula, Bride of Dracula thinks you're hot or something and like you know bites you on the neck. Um, but but this is like a choice and, and it's so cool and I like I love all like the. But Sean's backstory is so cool. He's like a fallen angel, and he's like, and he's and he's like the re, he's like he's not just a servant. Like, at first, it, you think he's just like the like the heavy, um, but he's really like he's actually like the king, he's the
1: ruler, yeah, he,
0: he's the ruler, and which which makes him actually giving the kingdom to, to Vikram such a, a powerful moment. Like, mm-hmm. it's like it's like, um, we don't really see Vikram's father because he 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 went mad and, and burned himself before the comic. Which is pretty, like, oh, okay, this is a messed up situation, but yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, a father handing down to his son, and and then the last, the last issue is so good. The last issue is pretty much just straight. It's like Dracula, but decolonized. It's like really awesome, and actually, I, t- I took a class on Dracula in in uh, undergrad, and I'm like, man, this will be such a cool companion. Like, kind of having them like together and.
2: Yeah, I taught Dracula Yeah. Um, pretty much half of the classes that I, half the years I did, I taught Dracula, and I so wish I would have had this. I would have known it. I could have given it to my students, because I think it, it would have made a really great companion piece, uh, so I, I kind of hate that I didn't have this. I think it would have worked wonderfully.
0: Right, yeah. yeah
2: it's it the, the the speaking of free will and and choice I liked what Corey was saying there at the end like even if you were uh, even if you kind of didn't have a choice at who you were uh, you have a choice at what you do um, and and that was something I really liked yeah. I liked Corey a lot I liked her character
1: Ab- absolutely no that Corey is definitely a a huge thing that that i love in this comic and and you know the the real the real creation of monsters is is choices like you guys have been saying and 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 that's a very interesting you know like very interesting thing to say because it you know bishan obviously looks like a monster and so do you know and so, so do like the vampires in the in this in the story but like you know Bishan's not really ever a monster until he makes the decision to go to war and then he becomes a monster and he also he also leads to the detriment of the people he loves for almost being selfish you know like and and doing what what he wants to do
0: right yeah i mean he he yeah the that battle scene is like heartbreaking like it's and, and and you know kudos to Ram V for just letting Kumar and the colorist just do the heavy lifting. And it's just, it's just, you, you get the, like just him getting slaughtered and mowed down. And then you get him just like, he, he, at the last minute, he's just like, and, and there's no, there's no battle. Like they've already lost the battle. I mean, and he's just, just lashing out and you just like feel for him. And, um and then, and then, then Ram B does like a really co- cool thing. It's, the way it's written might be a little more clinical because he goes into, he has some really good purple prose. Yeah, like he gets like, I think I've read some I read some reviews of this and people are comparing him to Roger Kipling. And I'm like, sure, why the hell not? Um, it reminded me a lot of like, like in the 80s and 90s, like Alan Moore, like Jamie Delano, Peter Milligan, like, like they would, like they would do there would be a lot of narrative captions, but just the writing was so poetic, like that you didn't even you didn't even care, like that there were a bunch of captions.
1: Um, so- the first time i read this you just kind of hit upon it i felt like ram v was it, it was this whole story is a kipling story but it's eastern perspective instead right. of the western perspective right.
0: nailed it yeah yeah and then yeah so then you get that and then you get that really clinical like you know history book that you know victors tell the story bullshit about like and you get them using like the uh the anglicized names for the countries and it's just mm-hmm. and they're not even like Humans, and it's just like a statistic on a page, and it's and yeah, I mean that's like that's how I mean that's how you know it's the United States does now with all the countries we bomb and stuff. Like it's just oh, blah blah blah, yep. and it's just it's just like these these countries when we we attack are just statistics. They're not like people, even though like yeah, shit like the Middle East cradles civilization. I mean, bro, like come on, like <laughs> and India too. I mean India, you know shit like Mohenjo-Daro in India had in this valley civilizations had had a um, you know running water like millennia before Europeans like
1: <laughs> yeah look at the beauty and the culture that is already there in um, you know these places that is referred to as these savage shores and there it's just it's there's nothing savage about it I mean it's 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 beauty and and then and the I've I noticed that the, the Western faces are very, are very almost kind of distorted a lot of times and are very, are almost monstrous. In the, even when they're, when they're human. So, and I think it's kind of the idea of greed and, and, and the fact that they're fighting not for anything, but just greed for money, you know, and that makes them imp- impossible to defeat.
0: And the spices, but they still won't season their food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, and I like yeah, and that's it's kind of it's a con. Like you see London, London appears in this, and it's really just dingy and dark and just kind of generic goth. But then when you get to you know Calicut and the and uh, in Mysore and the, the different you know cities and the palaces you see, like I mean Kumar and uh, and the colorists just go all out, just of pure beauty and and like you get that scene with the like the tree, a tree is the the tree that um, Corey and Vishan hang out at is kind of like a recurring image throughout the uh, throughout the comic, and you just get this just beautiful, lush tree. And then later, you know, when when you know you get the military defeat and the, the vampire stuff, like it it just they spend an entire page just lightning just cracking it, and it's just like you could feel like your heartbreak. It's it's cool. Um, and Yeah, it's just and it's just like yeah, more- I like. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I, I like, I, maybe I'm misremembering. I think Corey said something at the beginning. Bishan was saying something about, you know, he's savagery and she's civilization. She's like, why do you think I'm not savagery or something like that? And I thought that was interesting. Uh, Like this concept that, you know, beauty couldn't be savage too. And uh, like, this idea that any one thing is only one thing Uh, because Bishan is not the sort of like they're both beautiful and they're both you know civilized in the way that they have to be and they're savage in the way that they have to be like they can protect their people in the way that they need to and they can you know be He's a king when he needs to be a king and he's a monster when he needs to be a monster and he's a person when he needs to be a person and we're never just one thing and being complex is what makes us beautiful right and being complex is civilized and being complex is savage in its way it's like we've created these weird words and these weird definitions that mean something but also like demean in a way that's really really stupid because the British are also exactly those exact same things they've just decided they're not and it's stupid.
0: Yeah and and I I really love the contrast between so um, so Bishan is a he's a what he's called he's a um, Rakshasa he's like a demon Um, but he's like he's not he's like a guardian he's like he protects his kingdom um and that's that's his job you know he protects his young king he protects his king he's he's watched over this kingdom for for millennia but then you get the vampires who the vampires don't want shit they hoard they exploit they kill
2: yeah
0: um and then and you get and then and then the thing is you get a character like Zachariah who you know he does badass stuff like for sure like it was so cool when he had he kind of banded everyone together to shoot the uh, silver crossbow bolts at the at the the grand on the vampire family so oh, that was cool um yeah. he had his little Ben Helsing moment but he he just he just he thinks he thinks that all monsters are the same he doesn't think he thinks that they're he's they're like the vampires he's experienced in europe that they're that you know the rakshasas are just, just trying to eat everything except, except when they're trying they're trying to protect you know if there's like you know you know there's a wild animal in the jungle they'll protect the, he'll, he'll go out and hunt and protect, you know, the, the people from, you know, the leopard in the jungle. And if it's, if it's, you know, the British, British East India Company, he'll protect him from him. So that was, that was cool. Cause like, it's like the, this whole like monsters being guard. I like, I just, I love the concept of, of monsters being guardians. I mean, it, it, you see it in a lot of cultures, you see like the golem and Judaism. And then if you want to, you know, be like kind of nerdy and stuff like, like Godzilla, in you know 20th century Japanese pop culture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and it just and it's something that like, it's tough for some like Americans to get, even though it's like so cool and,
1: well, like gargoyles. I mean, they're they're put on buildings to protect yeah. and right. You know, um, you guys both touched on this the duality of everything, um, and like I think that kind of goes along with the land. In in India as well, because there's a lot of mentions of how daytime and nighttime are completely different, and and I feel that every character kind of has a day and a night version of them. Because even 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 um, the, the the little king, he is. You know, like he's very childlike, but then when he goes into a negotiation with the other with the other sultan, he is very, very shrewd and very, you know, unscrupulous. It's it's pretty amazing, and so um, you know, it's it you know every care It's kind of cool how every character is just like the 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 landscape where it's the daytime and the nighttime are are, are completely different
0: yeah and it's just and it's like and it goes back to the the the, the mask that uh, that you see in, in, the, in the in the you know the trade version it's like it breaks up the chapters and, and it's like you know the characters wear different masks depending on the situation. they might be a negotiator in one situation they might be you know trying to be buddy buddy empathy in one situation or in one situation they're just gonna get some fucking elephants and get some get an army together and kick ass kind of deal so it's it's cool um, and I feel, yeah, I feel like most characters get that get that complexity.
1: What did you guys think uh, so uh, the creation story has been mentioned um already, and what what do you guys think about how the creation story is completely different every time Bishan tells it like what what how, how do you what do you guys think that exactly means
2: I uh, was reminded very much of happiness actually um with the Nora doesn't remember very well how she was created. Uh, For most of the book, she has absolutely no memory of her origin because she's so old. Uh, So she doesn't have that memory. And so I was kind of torn between uh, sort of uh, that mythical concept of uh, myths have different interpretations for many people but also I was very much thrown to happiness in that uh, she kind of continues to tell uh, Ozuki that you know it doesn't it doesn't matter you know just you know whatever I'm here now what came before is completely unimportant this is you know I'm me my name before doesn't matter my creation doesn't matter. This is me. You don't really doubt who she was before until the very, very end. And so it it really took me back to happiness.
0: Um, Yeah, it it all, what it brought me back to was, was my, my world literature class. And I I read a little bit about Hinduism and read some of the different kind of the big stories, like the Ramayana and the Mahabharata. And basically like there, there are tons of creation myths in Hinduism and it's fluid and it, Depends on the co- like. It's really complex, and I'm I'm no expert on this topic, but it it really just depends on the context. And I think that extended to the character Bichon and his own personal creation story. Like depending on what was going on in the story, or what he what aspect of his personality he wanted to show. And I think it's really cool. And honestly, I think I just I like I, li- I like that fluidity. I, I mean, I may, I mentioned earlier when I was talking about you know Edgar Allan Poe's Sniffer of Blood like this whole like this rigid fundamentalism is just really it just kind of fucks you up and like it's and it's good to be open and you know we mentioned about these characters that like they're really complex so it was cool it was cool getting kind of and it also added to just his 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 ancient nature and the complexity of him so it was cool getting getting to see different sides of him Um, and this kind of cool this kind of formulaic way that was very poetic
1: i like how Corey always asks how you know how he was made and she accepts every time what 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 he says that's pretty cool yeah
0: it's (laughs) very very liturgical for sure
1: yeah and and every creation i i don't know i maybe i i might have misread him or not but every creation story seemed to be tragic at the same time there was never really a happy ending to how bishan was created which i thought that was really interesting too yeah
0: because he's he's kind of he's he's not like he's not a god he's He's an asura or he's or a rashasa he's he's kind of he's cursed he's, he, he's other yeah he's 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 so cool but he's a like cursed um even though yeah which like i mean i feel like fallen angels definitely get get you know i mean john milton i mean Paradise lost gave you know Lucifer the greatest rehab job of all time like people are into the you know fallen angels and we can really connect to them and i think that's what made him such an interesting character and also like going back to the old rituals like this, I think we, I think we maybe mentioned it once, this, this book uses a lot of nine-panel grids, but, like, in interesting new ways, like, screw you, Tom King, um, just, that was just, like, a quick screw
2: one. you, Tom King, thank like, you, like,
0: yes. I, I saw page three, you get the big, the big scene where, um,
2: the big, yes, and it pulls out, yes, that mm-hmm. was such a beautiful and, page,
0: right, and it's just, like, it's, like, you can do cool stuff with a nine-panel grid, you can, you can, you know, you could be more, you know, like, Dave, more, like, like, Dave Gibbons, and, Show kind of cutting different moments, like the hunt was really good, they would cut from different perspectives um, was. or you can you know you just mess with the frame like like break it break the break the gutter and have it um, jump out i mean there's the content of this this book is really good as we mentioned, but just the way it's as Darcy mentioned in the beginning a segment like just the way it's laid out and it's just so interesting, lots of nine panel grids but and but it's it 's done like um kumar and ranvi do it in just such a interesting way for Mm -hmm. sure
1: and sometimes the they they kind of cheat on the night panels and they'll and then a a few of those panels will be combined into one picture and it's like it's like you're going from very very small view to a very large view like kind of like what you were just saying it's just
0: right but then but then like yeah like um pretty early on when um elaine and i don't know i was gonna say one of oh colonel smith they're walking through um, Calicut mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of like the gutters kind of are like cons- they're, they're seeing Calicut through their narrow way of the world. Like the background figures are really faded out. They, they think they're superior. And I mean, you get it from that, that iconic image of Elaine with the, with the umbrella, you know, surveying his kingdom or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just feels like he's above everything, but he's not. And and that's the thing, I'm like, oh, man, this, this guy's just going to mess everything up. And then, dude, when you get to the end of the first chapter, he's like, <laughs> he's just like, and I, and I love, like, yeah, I know, like, because he, he tries a whole, yeah, he tries a whole stalker of the night. He tries to be, you know, he tries to get Corey to be his bride or whatever. Yeah. And then he gets fucked the fuck up. And I'm like, that's, after I read that, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is like really playing yeah. ropes and really playing with, and really just decolonizing these kind of stories. And-
1: you don't see it either. You don't see the, the violence in that, in, in the first issue, yeah. you know, when, you know, like he just, all of a sudden you just see the look of fear in, in Elaine's eyes and that's it. <laughs> it's has it's, it's very universal
0: horror. Like, yeah. you're still like...
2: It's very universal horror.
0: Whereas, you know, by the, by when you get to the, it's the like third or fourth chapter is more like, it's more like war. It's like a war movie. It's just like yeah. everything you see, every... You know, dead I mean it's you know incredibly stylized it's pulled
2: back more yeah but that yeah. first issue is very in and very I liked the first issue very much like I think that might be the first issue and the last issue I think were my favorite two issues just yeah. kind of as it
0: should be you the know,
2: way it was be. laid out right. uh, you, you, yeah. very good point as it should be pulls you in gives you a good ending should yeah. be the first and last good point the bread. but I thought Elaine's costuming. And just his character design was so good, which I thought was such a clever thing, like make him a very, very interesting looking character because you just think he's going to be there because he's such a weird ass looking character with dumb ass umbrella and those glasses. (laughs) I was like, he's such an interesting looking character and they killed him right off the bat and I love that so much because I hated him but he was so interesting looking yeah no 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 he
0: yeah I got total I was getting total like like little finger little finger vibes from him He was like that 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 mm -hmm. character that cannot plotter but um yeah he was laying over his death and and that was cool that was good that was just a really really strong strong story move from Randy.
1: they also really, um, like, uh, if you're reading, you, when, when this originally came out and there was an individual issues, if you were reading previews, um, I think the third issue, so it would, uh, you would have seen what the third issue looks like, at bef- um, like the cover at least, before you read the first issue right. before it came out. Yeah. And on the third issue, one of the alternate covers is Elaine's face. And so you're like, oh, <laughs> uh, clever. So 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 therefore, like you're you're automatically thinking, oh yeah, he's the big bad. That's so, wild, cause yeah. yeah, cause that's. I mean, smart. you
0: see his, you know, his, you know, relatives, but you don't see him. Yeah, yeah that's that's good, Mark. Yeah, know I don't like the cut. Like, just to be total total arho for a second. Like, I love the cover galleries, the end, because they have the, the big wraparound color mm-hmm. covers, and it, yes. they just they, they kind of tell the story of the issue in one image.
1: ball um, does that all the time. Yeah. and I love. I love yeah. them so much.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't say enough about how good this this art is and how different modes Kumar works in. He, You know, he does the really, really loose fight scenes, like for the big battle that issue five between um, uh, Bijan and the King of the Vampires and then Corey gets on the action a little bit too. But he can also do really kind of like kind of got like classic goth um, compositions, like when they're going, where they're riding up to the house. It's like straight up like dracula um and then he can do just beautiful nature it's just he's awesome i'm like i don't i don't oh he's like one of those guys who like if i see him on a book i think he's he he got he's he's drawing some of those new like like dc books like um future state books so i'm like i'm reading all the ones he's he's drawing so
2: that's exciting
1: that is really cool
0: he's so him and him and B are just one hell of a team mm-hmm. um cool so do you guys have any man i can talk about this comic all day for sure <laughs> Um did you guys have any final final thoughts about um these savage shores?
2: Brian?
1: Um you know, I mean, it's just it's a wonderful book and and a great story and and I I feel that it's it's a good fun you know, breezy read that's entertaining but at the same time you guys both had mentioned that it's it's definitely something that could be you know, taught or part of a curriculum. So it's, a, it's, that's, that's pretty high praise for something to have, to be both entertaining and, and like, you know, something to, to learn from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It uses, you know, the, the, the classic, you know, the Gothic horror, the classic, you know, Dracula, the empire story, but then it completely it puts it in a completely different context that most, you know, most Western, most American readers might be, unfamiliar with and it it gets us to it shows it from the like Bichon's point of view and from these characters point of view it doesn't you know it doesn't you know handhold you with like white characters being the POV characters it you know fucks them up them, <laughs> but it's so it's like really cool Absolutely. it's just it's perfect I mean it's this is like it's really perfect for any kind of like you know any kind of world literature class because because like yeah like Ram V is from 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 India, but he you know went to grad school in London, and he he's also he's influenced by you know he's like a genre like you know old school genre writer, um, and and it's just cool just seeing those influences and it's uh, so fun.
1: Definitely someone to follow, like you were saying. Yeah. Even his even his Catwoman is awesome. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's getting snapped up with the big boys.
1: Yep.
0: As he should, because he. I- Oh. Yeah. Oh, we'll oh go ahead. Right.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I just want to say it is a beautiful book to look at. Uh Astone and Kumar need mad props for the fact that it is gorgeous. I would hang half of these pages in my house if I had more wall space. It's beautiful. I love it.
0: Hell yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, those like full page images of a uh, of uh be Sean just jumping in the battle in his full monster form like that's that's you know that's desktop phone wallpaper material like right there and and it's but it, I think it's just cool, the but it, bird but it's like,
2: like the first the first couple of panels of the bird flying away from the tree I love birds I've got bird tattoos I love <laughs> it just those first couple of panels I was sold because it's gorgeous
0: yeah yeah and it's great and it just and then it, and the thing is it's not like you know there's some books out there that are just like Oh, they're just pretty pictures, but this like, it it shows you know like the birds. It shows like the nature, the life of you know the world of Calicut and you know s- Southeast mm-hmm. India, the Kingdom of Mysore, and then you get the dead, the dead, decaying, rainy London. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's so cool. like
2: London. It's yeah. not as fault. It's where it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean,
0: I like I like London okay, but yeah, London back then.
1: Oops. Yeah, seventeen hundreds. London. 18th century different. London.
0: I mean Yeah. They, yeah, yeah needed a makeover. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why everyone left. <laughs>
0: yeah. But uh yeah, so yeah, definitely, you know, check it out. I mean it's it's I mean it's horror, it's historical fiction, it's romance, it's it's awesome. It's 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 it's, it's such a good book. Uh, and and yeah, and like Rambi, like yeah, Rambi, like there's Rambi, I mean, he the way he write he writes like he writes like you know an '80s '90s Vertigo writer, but he he's just he's he's not a white he's you know he's not a straight white man. He he brings his own perspective. He's from India. He he came up in the Indian comic scene, um, and he brings his own perspective to it. So it's it's cool. It's just kind of seeing that that hybridization and yeah, and and it's no wonder you know it's no wonder he's he's you know he's he's writing Swamp Thing and like, they they just want to rekindle that magic, but. Yeah. So yeah, you just definitely check out these, these Savage Shores. It's, like, totally one of the best comics we've talked about on the pod. Like, for sure. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we've talked about a bunch of books, and I feel like this is one of the few ones where we're all, like, totally, like, geeking out, digging into. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, yeah. So then we're going to uh, move on to our looking forward. So, Brian, uh, what – uh? What indie comics are you looking forward to in
1: the upcoming week? Um, I have on my list here for next week um, "Sympathy for No Devils" number one from AfterShock Comics. It's um, written by Brandon Thomas. Uh, from um, most recently, he had done the the book "Excellence," which is excellent, <laughs> and uh, Lee Ferguson, um, which uh, yeah, Salmon is talking gun, and uh, it is uh, so essentially this is a a kind of a monster story and a detective story where this uh this, this person there's a um it's a world of like demons and monsters and there's just basically one human left and he's a detective and he's brought in to investigate the murder of a colossal which looks like kind of like a giant like golem e monster cool. so it's it it looks it looks pretty good it 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 the, the artwork looks great very classic um kind of a classic 90s vertigo feel to the to the artwork and and i do like brendan thomas as a writer from what i've read from from him so i'm definitely interested in, in checking this out
0: yeah Poo. i mean as people can write tell from this segment i love you some monster stories
1: <laughs> no, uh,
2: sounds yeah. fun
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark Dark Horse had this really good series about like a golem, and it was connected to like the Holocaust. And it was super. Breath of Bones. It's it's really it's it came out like about seven years ago. Um, Definitely, you know, if you can if you can find a copy, you should check it out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Darcy, what are you looking forward to this upcoming week?
2: Um, I have been looking forward to a book for a couple of years now. Uh, It's called Papaya Salad by Elisa Uh, uh She is uh, Italian Thai and this book was originally published in Italian but it's finally getting a translation in English by Dark Horse and it comes out next week. Uh, I'm getting it digitally. Uh, on Comicsology, but it is being printed physically. Uh, you can get it in lots of places. Uh, you can get it on Amazon because what can't you get on Amazon? Um, it is basically about it's a, a biographical book about her great uncle uh, who was studying abroad in uh, her Thai great uncle who was studying abroad in Europe uh, right before World War Two starts, mm-hmm. and he's kind of um uh, uh scholarly and so he loves books and he loves languages and he 's kind of uh on a journey of self discovery kind of thing and it kind of goes about his 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 life and you know, it's it's not a horror story, this one, but I mean, it's about World War II, so it's kind of a horror story, uh, but it's also kind of a love story. He kind of discovers his wife, discovers his wife, he meets his wife, future wife, and it's, it's a biography story, but it's a biography about her great uncle, so it's her family story, uh, and the art in it is just amazing. It's, uh, she's not as, as far as I know, I don't know a whole lot about Elisa, uh, but I, I don't believe she's Thai. I think she lives in Italy. It's published in Italy. I'm pretty sure she's Italian herself. Uh, but the art looks very much like a lot of uh, Southeast Asian art I'm familiar with. This has been very well hyped in the Thai uh, comics community. Um, so it has that feel to it. The colors are very much like teal and coral mm. and uh, like purple and peach. It's just very kind of lively, fresh color palette. It's very fantastical looking, a lot of white space, and then you'll have pages that are all solid uh, variants of the same colors. It's this really interesting looking book that I'm so excited to read because I've seen pages over the last couple of years, but not. I don't read Italian, so I've never actually read the story with the words. I've just kind of seen pages, so I'm I'm super excited to read this. And finally will next week
0: that's cool you know nice. and honestly yeah shout out to shout out to dark horse for dark horse i mean back in the i mean they were in the first so five years stuff. translating manga translating french comics italian comics like mm. yeah i don't i don't think they get enough love i mean but they yeah. don't no no definitely it's not. cool they like you know broadening folks horizons uh, yeah cool um you,
1: you you shared a couple of the the pictures um or some of the pages and they're they look amazing and I'm definitely something that I need to check out as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's just like magical. I mean, just the, the imagery, it's real. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it sounds like, you know, from the description, it's like a kind of realistic comic, but it's just told in a very symbolic, stylized way. Like, which is one great thing about yeah, comics. When I,
2: when I saw the pictures of it, it kind of reminded me of, of uh, Trunkles' The Magic Fish, kind of that sort of thing. Hmm. So, I, I'm like, oh, it's it's fantastical, but kind of based on family kind of stuff. So I was like, ah, it's right up my wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, because I mean, it's like, it's comics. I mean, you can do anything with comics. You don't have to tell a straight yeah. story. And yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. And actually, so my, what I'm looking forward to is also a, it's also a, mem- it's like a fictionalized memoir. It is. Um, the book is called Contradic- The Contradictions. It's by Sophie gannot She's a French-Canadian cartoonist. It's uh, published by Drawn and Quarterly. And basically, it's about a young queer um, student who wants to study abroad in Paris. And the only reason she wants to study abroad in Paris is she likes French comics, which is like, that is solely something I would do. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, like, I-, I studied in the UK back in 2014. And partially, one of the reasons why I went to I haven't told anyone this is the British library was doing a huge exhibit on British comics and they had old 2000 ADs old like Dan Dare's and then like of course like you know good like Watchmen scripts and, and I'm like I got a Tank Girl stuff and I'm like I got to see this shit so awesome. <laughs> J- yes yeah, really cool. yeah, so, like, I went so to
2: I, Japan when I was 17 cuz manga yeah yes
0: <laughs> so so that I just I saw that and, and then and it's cool and it was originally a yeah, serialized as a web comic and it's a really like black and white iconic artwork. Um, I'm really interested to see, you know, how it handles queer relationships and um, how, you know, kind of connects theory to her life. And yeah, and then she ends up going just like on a like a rolling tour of Europe. So it's like a road trip coming of the age, the feminist theory, comics, about comics. So it's like lots of tasty, yummy things in one package. So I'm glad. And yeah, I just like literally ordered it right before this episode, so can't wait to check it out this weekend
2: sounds nice. awesome
1: sounds really cool yeah so yeah and, and
2: totally yeah something it, it's not a bad reason to go to another country if liking something yeah totally a perfectly valid reason to go to another country.
0: right yeah no yeah like yeah just go in to see your favorite stuff man like like yeah if i if I, you know and which kind of which kind of sucks like the whole traveling thing is shut down mm-hmm. no it really
2: does
1: I, right. I've been an file or a Great Britainophile um, my entire anglophile. Anglephi- yeah. Anglophile. file. Well, yeah. Um, but um and that's because of music <laughs> and you know, stuff like that. Bro, so. next
0: I'm with you, man. Like next time I'm in the UK, I I'm, I'm not gonna be studying shit. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be going to like where the first pub blur played at. I'm gonna go up to Manchester, like yeah, that's mm-hmm. what that's what I'm gonna do, you know. <laughs>
1: oh
0: i don't know i might i might do some comic stuff along the way too so like, the pub where alan moore and grant morrison did their magic battle that'd be awesome i definitely want to make up his Scotland. And okay.
1: well, then i also want to visit iceland because i like the beer that comes from there <laughs> so, so iceland is
0: gorgeous more frivolous i don't blame you i mean yeah. so
1: cool we're not we
0: just became a travel show. we're, we're not a travel yes. show we're a comic show so we're just gonna um uh, brian where can folks find you online
1: Uh, You can find me in the usual places, uh, Twitter, um, Brygen2814. And in Instagram is uh, Brygen underscore CB. Uh, Nothing too great going on either place at, at this time, but, you know, follow if you want to.
0: Awesome. And Darcy, where can folks find you?
2: I am on Twitter at books underscore serial. And I have a website at booksandserial.wordpress.com. I did finally get my Fantastic Four post up. Yay, that final happened.
1: Fantastic Four.
2: And I am probably taking the month of November to finally overcome my oppression about poverty to talk about uh, Sister Carrie. So that's the thing I'm doing.
1: Very cool.
0: Um, and you can find me at the time of this recording, at the time you get this episode, I'll be out of Twitter jail, um, at Midnighter Bay, B-A-E on Twitter. And you can find my writing at graphicpolicy.com. I'm reviewing, uh, Giga number one from Vault. It almost made it into my looking forward, but I I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to, it's, 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 it's another fun one from Vault. So I'm excited. I know I'm like becoming a huge Vault fan
1: vault's fantastic the past few months it's vault vaults anything that's the number one from vault i will read and yeah. then either decide that it's going to be a trade paperback or it's going to be a continuing
0: <laughs> right yeah for sure um and one thing i like about vault it's like it's like introducing me to creators that like i'm, I'm less familiar with because i feel like when i got into image back in i don't know 20 from like 2013 through like 2014 it, i was just following people i knew from the big two over but with with uh, um, vault i'm like uh like I've heard of these guys before, but I haven't read anything by them and it's it's getting me like new new people yep yeah. and yeah and then you can follow the podcast on twitter at c d b pod we also have a website comicses better dot wordpress dot com you can email us at comicses better at gmail dot com and please uh follow subscribe if you're on iTunes review the podcast we're on all the podcatchers, spotify apple i don't i don't know whatever whatever- you know wherever you listen to your podcasts we're on there. So, yeah, give us a listen. And, yeah, 2020 is a terrible year, but it's a good year for comics, I think.